Thank you all for joining me today. I gotta tell you, every single day is a blessing. I wake up and I realize that I am in the greatest country in this God-loving land. Hallelujah. I woke up this morning and I, I did what I do every day. Crazy. And you men out there, you understand what I'm saying. I went and I took a razor to my chin. Yeah. This time, I think the devil was in the razor. I took the razor to my chin and I scraped it across my skin and I bled. But I tell you what, brothers and sisters, I said, I tell you what, Whoa. when I bled this morning, I didn't bleed red of Satan. No, no, my brothers and sisters. Do you know what I bled? I said, do you know what I bled? Hell, brother. I bled red, I bled white, and I bled blue. For Hallelujah. This country. I bled <laughs> this country Crazy. every day. Hallelujah. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined once again by the incomparable Aaron. How are you, my dear? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise be. <laughs> it is July 14th, and we have a fantastic show for you this week. That's right. Um, in The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to bring you a little bit of an article here that I found in Letters from the Devil. And this is a compilation that Underworld Amusements put out of the original article that Anton LaVey was writing. And uh, I'm going to bring you a little bit on I Would Like My Husband Back, just a little bit about desire and uh, maybe you're better off without type speak. And Infernal Informant, Zimmerman Verdict, brings protests mm. and prayers. <laughs> and Reed McConnell yield no ground on filibuster showdown in filibuster. <laughs> 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 All right, so it's like a, a, a battle of cartoon characters because you have Dopey Dog versus um, Hero and Half Shell. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, so that is gonna be fun. <laughs> and then down at the crossroads, I guess we're gonna listen to some music. Nah. I thought I'd do something different today and just sing you lullabies. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll never do this again. Aww. <laughs> Lullaby. All right, so uh, any any news, any events you would like to share with their listeners? Uh, nope. Not a damn thing. <laughs> oh, mind your own fucking business. All right. Well, I got, oh. I got a few things that wants to get <laughs> off my chest. Yeah. Okay, so a little while ago, I was talking about how my daughter had a neighbor friend who came over and like her dad's out of yeah. the picture, a single mom. Um, she's starting to get on my freaking nerves. Like, well, well, here's the thing. I've been getting a lot of feedback from a lot of other men who are kind of in the exact same position I am. So it's nice to know that I'm not alone. Thank you for the correspondence, gentlemen. 
and for doing, you know, what you're supposed to do as a father, you know, take care of your kids. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you're all, you're all heroes. Heroes. <laughs> every last one of you for yeah. doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Go you. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, it's just her behavior because she doesn't have the discipline that I instill in my children. Um, you know, beating with chains and such. <laughs> That's a joke. Such a good dad. <laughs> Such a good dad. Um, she's just, you know, unruly, and I've had to sort of lay down the, the parent hammer on her a number of times. Ugh. Which really is just, you know, me telling her what not to do and telling her to go to the corner for misbehaving and such. That must be so uncomfortable to discipline it, someone else's child. It is at first, but then you start liking it because you're like, wow, <laughs> this is... This is like great. Like, <laughs> well, I the big thing we like we feed her like all the time, and so you know she always wants to like get up from the table and not finish her food, Ugh. and we don't give the little girls very much to eat anyway because they just don't eat a lot. Right. Um, but when she doesn't finish that, it gets on my nerves, and so especially like the vegetables. Like my kids have always been great with vegetables, and this girl is like she doesn't even know what the hell it is. You know, it could be an alien brain, and she does not want to eat it. Tell her it's an alien brain. Maybe she'll eat it. You know what? I haven't tried that angle. I may. I would have. I would have done that. Yeah, but kid. you're a better parent than I am. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You're a better father than me. So don't be gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. But like, I, I've just been getting really frustrated and really annoyed with her. Um, mm. And then today, I get home from my camping trip and I'm putting stuff away, sort of trying to get collected. And she looks. She looks at me. She's all, "You look really pretty with those tattoos." And I just Aww. like melted. I was like, what the fuck? how could you say something so nice and cute? Like, you know, who would say that? This is a cute little girl. I have horrible tattoos and, you know, be like, you look great in there. But like the other day she said I was like the greatest dad ever. Oh like, my, my God. My kids don't even fucking say that. She's laying it on thick. Yeah, she's, she's, she's working for her meals, man. Started learning how to flirt. <laughs> Working. All right. Well, I mean, this is just a bit of an update. I'm sure there's going to be more down the road, but like, I, I'm, I'm just a surrogate parent now. Like, I have no say in it. I don't get a say yes or no. It's just, it is. You should um, adopt her so that you can collect more welfare. Ooh. Because if she's your kid, the kid doesn't count. Or just collect welfare because I don't do it now. <laughs> Maybe I should start so that I could get a bigger benefit when I do adopt her. Yeah, there you and go. And then I could stay home and not do anything. I just do the podcast every day. Oh, my God. It'd be so great. That Plan ahead. Be. That's what I'm saying. Okay, there's my future. Mapped <laughs> out. Thank you very much, Aaron. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but like I mentioned, I did also go on a camp out, and I love these. I did a, a father-son camp out with another father and his daughter, actually, because he doesn't have a son. Um, okay. So it was just like daddy-kid camp out. And it was really nice getting out in the middle of nowhere, doing some fishing. And I had these really great moments. I, I say middle of nowhere. It was at a you know, camping lake, and so there's a bunch of other people around. It's not really getting out in the middle of nowhere this time. He doesn't, the guy I went with doesn't like hiking in. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know. He's and lazy not everyone like likes me. hiking into camp. I understand that. I get it. Right. But it's not as much fun to, for me. But mm. uh, we were out there fishing, and I'm not an avid fisherman at all. We were just doing, you know, spinner fishing, just standing on the shore, and uh, we were the only ones catching fish. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like I was owning that fishing fucking lake. It was great, and we were like people walking up and down, you know, calling out to me. Hey, how's it going? Uh, you pick anything up? They're like, No, nothing. It's completely dead out there. I'm like, Oh, really? Because uh, you know, we got these two right here. We're cooking up tonight. Oh, motherfucker! No. It was great. I've never done that before. Rubbed it in their faces. <laughs> it feels so, good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just just rubbing those stinky fish right in their Ugh. face. 
scaly, nasty. This is your old girlfriend smell. I like it. went to a weird place already. <laughs> How far? What are we? Ten minutes into the show? Not even. Not even. But on that note, maybe we should start in on it. Are you sure you don't want to make some more disgusting comments? Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I'm a really <laughs> lucky man because I was sitting at work the other day and I had brought in some homebrew for uh, my coworkers to sort of sample. To got get drunk every, at work? Got everyone drunk and it was noon. That's um, dope. It was pretty awesome. Some madman shit right there. Yeah. So I, was, I went back to my desk. I'm like, okay, I got to work on some websites. I'm like, I can't concentrate. So I text my wife. I really want to see boobs. <laughs> like five minutes later, she texts me back her boobs. I'm just like, oh, I'm married to the best person in the world. It took her five <laughs> minutes, though? She had to get on her break, and then she had to run to the bathroom, and then get the <laughs> get wow, the right okay. boobies shot. It was awesome. The right boobie shot? Like, there's a wrong boobies shot. Well, there is. I mean, there could be, like, the shirts on. That would be the wrong boobie shot. All right. You know. Yes. But you'd still be happy, yeah. right? If it was just cleavage, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. Right. But if it was half a boob. Oh, if it if, was someone else's boob, even. I gotta tell you, like, if it was under boob, I would be boob. really stoked. I'm, I'm a Those fan. Under yeah, under boobs. Me too. Sign me up. <laughs> Put me on the pro column of under boobs. All right, we are starting a Tumblr page for under boobs. <laughs> <laughs> under boob appreciation. Probably already exists. We'll just I'm all join sure it. sure it does, yeah. All right, let's go and dive into the devil's advocate. You are your father. The devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. And has nothing to do with the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his character. For he is a liar. And the father of lies. And you are the devil's advocate. I'm a Satanist. I'm an active member in the Church of Satan, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. Dear Dr. LeVay, I would like to get my husband back real soon before I have the baby. Please help one, and after I get my husband, could you please help me get my mother-in-law off my back? Please make her suffer. She is no good. <laughs> Thank you. P.S. First, I want my husband back real soon. Like yesterday, real. She's, this is bossy, right? Like yeah, the some, nerve. I wonder why her husband left. <laughs> I love. Dear punt. Get my mother-in-law off my back. And make, make her, her pay. <laughs> <laughs> she must suffer. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously uh, Dr. LeVay addresses it in a very wonderful, straightforward way as he is apt to do. Uh, essentially telling her, um, you're probably better off without this guy. Yeah. And that, you know, because there's such animosity there dormant just because that one line about the mother-in-law, that, it, you know, maybe you should do a uh, it's her or me, but then addresses that maybe that's why he left in the yeah. first place. It would make sense. Uh, I love these little vague snippets. And these are the sort of things you find in this really wonderful collection where uh, the desperation comes out in people. And I just have this feeling that this girl would never have reached out to... Uh, Anton LaVey in Letters from the Devil article, unless she was really hard up. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, really wanted to uh, uh, get her hubby back. Yeah, but that's what's great about these letters. It's like this self-selecting group where it's just the most desperate and pathetic sort of like awesome. people who need like, I am at my wits end. 
dear Satanist, help me. <laughs> Make them suffer. Make <laughs> them suffer. So, uh, have you ever been in a relationship where you knew it was bad for you? Oh, and you yeah. just wanted it back so badly. Yeah, sure. Of course. What Not in a long time. Oh, da- daddy issues. I mean, any like number of issues that females have insecurity and, you know, just, yeah, terrible desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with like a child on the way. Yeah, you know. She's you, expecting the, the panic that is associated oh, with that alone. I can't even imagine what that must be like. Um, yeah, and so what What I think is, is really wonderful about this that I've already, you know, he, he's already stated, maybe you're better off without him. But this is a hard truth that we all have to come to terms with. And sure. it's, it's really sort of towing that line of, of being honest with yourself. And yeah. what's wonderful about us as a species is that we're so capable of coping with any situation because we are capable of lying to ourselves and believing it sure. um, wholeheartedly. But, you know, when it comes to Satanists and when it comes to just owning your own life, you have to recognize those hard truths so that you can actually work past them. So she more likely than not will be better off without this guy. But the way he touched on at the very end, sort of closing out his his very short comment was that after this child is born, fix yourself up and go get the man that you deserve, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like the bottom line that I think every single person that wants to be with someone else needs to really hammer into their head that you are the reason you are alone. Yeah. And the only person that can fix that, it's not going to be Mr. Wright or the pin-up woman that's just going to see you across from the, the coffee bar uh, with your cartoon t-shirt and your belly button showing. <laughs> that's not going to be the way you're going to find your love or, or the person you want to share some time with. You're going to have to do a little bit of work. And that's oh, yeah. kind of what life is all about. You have to do some work. Get you off your ass and make that connection happen. Do you, do you have any... Uh, do you have any? Yeah, I mean, cues doc- of uh, <laughs> Doctor LeVay's advice is completely, of course, spot on. Just fuck that guy. He's, you know, if it's gonna be like a, you know, my mom's more important than you. If that were the case, then yeah, this is this guy's not worth your time. And yeah, just do you, girl. <laughs> as yeah, they say, <laughs> eighty years after the fact, or this is like thirty-five years after the fact. <laughs> um, yeah, and do you have any? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're a you're a successful woman who's yeah. uh, landed her man. I mean, do you have any uh, suggestions for the single ladies on? Um, lots of underboob exposure. Oh uh, hell, hallelujah! <laughs> hallelujah! Underboob. <laughs> Get the man you want. I think there is uh, like a little saying about that like if you want the man that you don't have under boob is how to get him or something like that it doesn't really rhyme that was great adam that's really good you put that on a bumper sticker Uh, it's actually in my collection um under boob appreciation and you it's a little collection of sayings all relating to under boobs Uh (laughs) uh-huh bestseller it is it really is no um you know, maybe I'll just, I'm going to harp on this just one more time because there there is also the opportunity because it, we weren't given much information about this. And certainly when Angela Vey responded to it, he wasn't given much information other than, you know, what you read. Mm-hmm. So there's always that opportunity that the man, he just got a little frightened and he needs some time. And yeah, maybe. It's easy to overreact and it's easy to um, 
compound problems in your head worse than they are actually in real life. So that's why it's so important to sort of take a step back and, and take a deep breath, evaluate the situation from, from all sides and, and come up with a solution that it may hurt, it may be difficult, but it's probably going to be the best. And so if yeah. that means, you know, waiting for him to realize that he needs to be a man and step up, all the better, um, or, or realize that he actually does love you and that this, though may be complicated, is worth it. Or that, you know, you have to make some decisions as a potential parent uh, that do not involve someone else. So, Yeah. Uh, or if you could, if it's not too late, try aborting the baby. Yeah, and that, that's always... <laughs> And, you know, again, that's why I was saying this potential child, right. because that that's always, you know, an option for anyone. It's it's easy to it's easy to look at it as, oh, I would never I, I could never do that. But mm-hmm. I think as a responsible individual, you have to weigh quality yeah. of life oh, yeah. um, that the child is going to have your capacity as a parent in your current state of affairs mm-hmm. and in the long run, it may not be a good thing to bring that child. And but again, that's only something that you're going to be able to decide on, and that's ultimately your choice. Um, even if though, I, if I could decide for you, I would though. I would because just... we are going to probably be pushed with uh, the price of paying for them. Oh, ultimately, yeah. you know. I say abort all babies, but that's just no more babies. It's the no end of the human babies. race. We have well, 86 would... years, and then we are at critical mass. How about we just take a break, y'all? Why don't you just calm down with the baby having for like one year? Just everybody agree, like to not shoot out any more progeny. It is weird because there's ways of having sex without it ending in pregnancy. There's a whole lot of ways. I wonder if people are aware of this. I don't know. We should talk to them about it. I wonder if we should start along with our underboob Tumblr appreciation page. A, you don't have to get pregnant after having sex page. Yeah. And we could just address the different forms of contraception or just, you know. Come on her tits, you know. That's a big one. Top of the list. Come on her under boobs. Um, well, and then there's always anal. You cannot get there's pregnant. There's always anal. anal. And uh, <laughs> there's always. always. It's always. only uh, what time? It, there's time for anal. <laughs> oral. Minutes. You don't get pregnant from oral. Yeah. So there's but, lots of yeah. things. Yeah. Lots of options. All right. Um, let's go ahead and stop. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't take us long, huh? No, it didn't. We're actually Get flying through this episode. This is, <laughs> I'm a little worried. We might come up short. Nah. I've I normally come up short, but it's usually <laughs> not with the podcast. <laughs> I actually have this really great uh, when I caught the uh, fish when I was camping to bring it back to something that no one else cares about at all. Um, <laughs> I, I had my buddy catch uh, take a, a photo so I could send it to the wife, proving that I'm a man. You know, I have to do this <laughs> from time to time. I caught yeah. fish. I am man. Yeah. And I was accidentally holding it like it was my junk. It was great. It was oh. Total off the cuff. You know, just comic little image, but it was pretty fun, and it was impressive too. It yeah. made me look big. It was pretty awesome. I was I was proud. Good. <laughs> it wasn't one of those little grossy ones. Like a minnow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move to the infernal format. Psst. Hey, hey. Hey, come here. Psst. What? Huh? Me? Do I know you? Hey, you're a religious man, aren't you? No more than anyone else. Listen. Listen, I got a secret. It's, it's been eating me up, and I got to share it with someone. Get the fuck out of here, kid. I don't know you. No, listen, man. It's about you. It's about your life. You're about to have what, what alcoholics refer to as your moment of clarity. What are you talking about? You okay, son? Sins are indisposable to every society. 
organized on an ecclesiastical basis. They are only reliable weapons of power. The priest lives upon sins. It's, it's necessary to him that there be sinning. Who the fuck are you, kid? I'm your infernal informant. So this is uh, Zimmerman Verdict Brings Protests, Prayers by Yamichi Alkindor in USA. You got that? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I would not have said yeah. it right. Uh, USA Today from today, actually. Mm-hmm. July, uh, July 14th. All right, Sanford, Florida. A rally in front of the courthouse Sunday and a, quote, noon prayer day, unquote, at churches Monday were among events scheduled as the Central Florida City begins its recovery from George Zimmerman's trial. Emphasis, my own. Uh, the Coalition for Justice for Trayvon, I love that. The Coalition for Justice for Trayvon responded to Saturday's not guilty verdict by calling for nationwide protest Sunday. <laughs> All right. The protest, the group said in a statement, will look toward a new America where black and brown youth are protected by the justice system and racial oppression is ended. This oh, is hard what? to get through. <laughs> what about the yellow and red? Fuck them and <laughs> especially fuck the white kids because they don't need any prayer they no prayers for the white kids today mm-hmm. all right the coalition said the verdict was a failure of the entire criminal justice it's system. all a farce oh my god the whole system fuck it okay in sanford the rally was set for the courthouse at 3 p.m events are also planned in cities from new york to madison wisconsin to L.A. as the nation reacts to the not guilty verdict handed down by a jury of six women in this once quiet city. All uh, right, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what what are your first reactions to this? My first, oh, the, I, I can't, I don't even know how to start. I don't know where to sort from, like, priorities top to bottom. Of well, course, well, pr- Let's everyone. start by addressing Zimmerman was the gentleman who shot, um, yeah. The uh, I'm already forgetting Trayvon Martin uh, in <laughs> that forget. Florida uh, community where yeah. um, Zimmerman was a self-appointed watchman, uh, a gun owner, and he was following around this black kid. Never recognized him. Called 911 to report him. 911 told him to uh, leave him alone. And I've actually addressed this on the the podcast when this first happened as well. Uh, Zimmerman uh, continued to follow this kid. The kid turned and started aggressing him because he was being followed. Uh, scuffle happened. Zimmerman shot him, and Trayvon Martin died. Hence this trial. Now Florida has a stand your ground law that allows you, if you are threatened, to um, retaliate in like. Um, or what is it called? Just, just, just like threatening ways. So if he felt like his life was threatened, then he can, you know, shoot and kill mm-hmm. because he was going to die otherwise. Right. So um, it's there to protect gun owners and just civilians because normally you're told to run and just give in. Right. So that's why this um, law was initially put out there. So you were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. Uh, so, of course, the prayers thing, we can all agree, is ridiculous, ludicrous. Um, but the protests, you know, ha- might have some a little concerned. <laughs> well, let <laughs> me ask you about the verdict. Oh, I, you know, what do I know? I wasn't there. I didn't hear all the evidence. There's a lot of diff- conflicting stories. I, I haven't read any sort of transcripts of depositions or seen any of the actual evidence. Um, I was glad to see that he was acquitted um, because I think that this was a 
Oh, boy. This is such a quagmire. That it I, is. It really I, is. You know, I'm t- almost a little frightened to get into. But, you know, I, I was pleased with the results because I felt like this shouldn't have come to trial in the first place. You know, I don't think that the um, prosecution had a case. I think they were kind of um, strong-armed into bringing this, you know, to the point that it got to, to, to trial. Oh, they yeah, they absolutely were. Because so, it, it was just, okay, well, this happened. Well, we have a law covering this issue. Yeah, no the problem, end. No foul. Right. The end. But, you know, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> so this happened. And, you know, I'm glad, uh, it's, I'm glad it's over. I'll tell you that. That's my first reaction is I'm glad this shit's over because I'm sick to death about hearing about it. Because there's no reason that we should be hearing about this case. There really isn't. There's no reason I should know who Trayvon Martin is. There's no reason I should know who George Zimmerman is. Uh, this should have been nothing but it was uh you know people just latched onto it for some reason um and now they're you know sweating and screaming and holding up bags of skittles and calling for prayers and protests and to what end you know skittles is loving this oh i'm sure they fucking love making some money off this and the arizona iced tea they're all about yeah and anyone who makes hoodies they wish Trayvon would get shot all over again. <laughs> Can we do this every month? <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of the reason why we heard about it is because at the time there was, you know, you know a couple of mass shootings that were mm. still in the sort of air, you know, the media hype. And then this happened. And so it, it all sort of pulled together in this um, uh, anti-murdering... <laughs> <laughs> because that's yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> what do you even call this? I don't even know what to call this. Okay, so you know, like I like I did say, there is a law covering this in the state, and so they, they, you know, the criminal justice system has just agreed that yes, he was in his right to uh, uh, murder this kid because the jury said so. Now, do you think that the jury and a panel of all women had mm-hmm. anything to do with that? Wait, to do with what? Getting him off? The verdict? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Or do you think it was just the the um, the information provided uh, by the defense and by the? Uh, I think both sides of the the both the ter- sides were fucking inept, weren't they? Or like the, some of the worst um, lawyering I've ever seen. The very little that I saw of this trial, that it was terrible. The prosecution was pretty awful, and the defense was really awful. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just sort of this like public defenders almost level like shenanigans in the courtroom. I'm, I'm really glad it was short. You know, it was over fairly quickly when you think about, at least it seemed to be right. Like the OJ yeah. trial seemed to go on for fucking months. Oh yeah. And it, it went on for quite some time. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even want to put this in the same, oh. same box as the OJ trial though. I mean, Sorry. That, that was <laughs> that, you know, oh, that yeah. was an unlawful death yeah. versus this is a, assumed lawful and now um officially you know a lawful killing um yeah i know when i first brought this this up i was it's it's e- it's really easy to jump on the um defense of the dead person it's nice. it's a simple stance to take well he was mm-hmm. murdered so you know he's the victim right you know by definition you're dead you're the victim um, and I did, it was funny because when it happened, they didn't, there wasn't a lot of information. So I said, you know, I guarantee you that this kid stepped up to the, the half Hispanic approaching him 
and asked why the fuck he was following him, and there was some sort of fight that brought out the death. You know, right. the, something greater than him just walking home with iced tea and Skittles happened. Right. St. Trayvon just minding yeah, his own. Yeah, Zimmerman just walks the streets waiting to shoot people. I don't, I don't yeah. think that's the case. I think he no. just he did genuinely got scared, whether sure. it was justified or not, and he shot the guy in, in self-defense, and whether it was other people's version of self-defense justified killing doesn't matter. Right. The, right. And what we also have to realize about these trials is that it's not you deciding that, you know, you, proverbial you listening, anyone out there, it, it's not our way of looking at it. It's the proof that is presented to the jury. And they have to be able to say, without a shadow of a doubt, that yes, this was an unlawful murder, and it wasn't just a, a, a circumstance that happened that ended in murder. And that's that's a tough line to draw, and unless you're in that position, it's hard, it's really and virtually impossible to judge without yeah. having all that information and, and really the burden of someone's future on your hands. This is part of what I think makes this country great, is that we do have a system set up like this. Right. Where you don't know how it's going to end, and you have people on either side, and it doesn't end in um, storming the state capitol and burning down bridges anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anymore. Not vigilante justice. Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But I, this whole, you know, the verdict was a failure of the entire criminal justice system is just an, the most absurd thing I've heard. And I've heard a lot of absurd things since the verdict came back last night. And um, it's easy for anyone who's, you know, they're on the losing side of anything to mm -hmm. make statements like that. That's really easy, you know. So yeah. I, I don't think it was some grand thought out statement, you know, like, this is virtually the worst. Yeah. It's the end of the, you know, it, it's just they were pissed that they didn't win. And so, you know, they're going to pray about it. Hey, have fun. Pray all yeah. you want. Yeah, Give that'll sound great. And it's going to be funny when they realize that only people in Florida in your little area are praying because mm -hmm. <laughs> no one else gives a fuck. We still have our Pop-Tarts to worry about. Yeah. That's well, much more important. So. It is more important. I don't know why anyone worried about this. It doesn't represent anything. That's the problem is that people gave this some sort of meaning that it just didn't have. Like, oh, we're going to try this, this Zimmerman fellow and then we're going to, you know, he's going to be found guilty and then racism is solved. We done fixed it. It's all better now. Like, do you think that that was the that was the conversation being had? Oh well, I mean that's a bit of you know hyperbole, but I think that they assigned meaning to meaning to this, like that this was a racial issue. Uh, it it wasn't. It didn't have to be. But you people, you don't <laughs> oh, think that, shit, wait. that race had anything to do with it? Uh, what the? F I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in George Zimmerman's head. I mean, you're right. You're right. But the fact is, I think that, it's safe to say that. That anyone seeing a white guy walking down the street and anyone seeing a black guy walking down the street, there's going to be different thoughts running through their head. Uh, I completely agree. But there's a lot of white people who have a lot of white guilt who say that that shouldn't be the case. That we should just, that, you know, profiling anyone in any way is wrong. Right. You know, black and white, it is wrong to profile people, which is utter fucking bullshit like if you don't have some preconceived notion of someone when you first meet them then you are a fucking dimwit and <laughs> and you deserve whatever you get you know yeah, I, I it, just, it is i i definitely agree with you there, there should absolutely be profiling because there's a reason that stereotypes exist whether they're always true or not is a totally different matter but there's right. a reason they exist initially um 
and and we have to work through life like this. I I think the notion of trying to abolish racism is absurd. I mm-hmm. because it's something dormant in all of us, and it's something we have to live with. And there's no way. I mean, every single discriminatory thought out there comes from our collective cultural experience, and they are taught through experience and through um, just generations of knowledge handed down from from parent to child or, or, you know, local community leader to child. So to say that this had nothing to do with race, I think, is absurd, personally, because it absolutely did. He would not have been following if it was just some dopey, you know, video game playing white kid. But because he was a black kid, he was following him. Now, I still don't think that it was okay for him to be following him because it had nothing to do with anything. He wasn't doing, he wasn't committing a crime. But then for the kid to turn around and to attack him and at some point see that the dude had a gun was stupidity. Why the fuck would you do that? You know, who knows? Who knows why either one of them did what they did? But, you know, I would argue that uh, teenagers in general are suspicious. You know, when I see white kids cruising around my neighborhood looking like they're not doing a damn thing, just cruising around, I'm... How old are you? Are you like 80 years ago? Get off my lawn! Dude, teenagers have always made me nervous. Even when I was a teenager, they fucking terrified (laughs) me. They're the worst. Teenagers are the worst. You'll find out soon. How was your son? I was a teenager once, I think. (laughs) Weren't you a fucking shithead? I was a fucking shithead when I was a teenager. I was. Yeah, Yeah, I was. Every teenager I've ever known has been a shithead in one way or another. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I guess. And because we can never, obviously, we're not in their shoes. We can't judge it uh, from a first-hand basis. But just, you know, outside of it, it's easy to to declare things absurd or truth and everything. But I do love that it's over like you. And I'm glad that we can sort of just move on to the next bullshit story in our lives because media will be doing that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, And there's no way in anything like this, even if Mm -hmm. Zimmerman was proved to be a, a a rabid uh, Aryan brother who Mm -hmm. hated all black people and actually had pictures Mm -hmm. of, uh, Trayvon in his room, like, I'm gonna murder this guy because he's black. Both eyes over. Yeah, and yeah. even if that was the case, and he was thrown in jail, what? Is racism solved? Like, no. Right. You're well, that's, just pointing yeah. out the, the, the world culture that we live in. Like, people like this exist. You just have to deal with it. That's life. Yeah. I don't care. Either way, you know, if he'd been, whatever the verdict was, like, this was a lose-lose. It's, you know, it's, Nothing has been solved and we, we're all dumber for it. You know, no, I, these people on their soapboxes are, they should know how ridiculous they appear to everyone with a rational mind. Like, you know, people who want to just, you know, you know, the same people who are like judging people is wrong and racism is wrong, but yeah. fuck those, you know, fuck those hillbillies in, in Florida, those malpreators <laughs> in Florida. Like, uh, you have no fucking idea how much of a hypocrite you are and how stupid you sound when yeah. you say that. And it's 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 laughable. All you can do is fucking laugh because they these people are so um, unself-aware that they'll never know. They'll never realize that in this you know in the same breath they're saying racism is bad. I'm a racist. You know, <laughs> yeah. they'll never it never switches awesome. on in their head that they, that's what they're saying essentially. In one way, I I almost even like you know the hype around things like this because then you do get to really know someone. Yeah, that's true. Like, you get to see their their off-the-hip comments and realize how truly stupid people are. 
Yeah. People say dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb shit, oh, yeah. dumb shit. Well, how about we say some more dumb shit in there? Oh, episode? God. That's all I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Reuters. Uh, Reed McConnell yield no ground in filibuster showdown. And this is by Thomas Ferraro, uh, Sunday, July 14. We are on the day. Both of these articles. That's awesome. The Senate's top Democrat and Republican yield no ground on Sunday as they neared a showdown over President Barack Obama's executive branch nominees that could dramatically change how the Senate operates. <laughs> now, the, what's important is that's a little misleading. The executive branch nominees are not what would dramatically change how the Senate operates. It's the showdown between um, the top Democrat and Republican that would dramatically change how the Senate operates. Assuming can, I, uh, can I just jump in? I'm sorry to ruin your train of thought, but it's cool, do, you, whatever. do you think that that like byline that the Senate's top Democrats yield no ground, blah, 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 showdown. Doesn't it feel like they're sort of subliminally cashing in on this Trayvon thing like that? You know, yield no ground. Doesn't that sound a lot like stand your ground and then the showdown? Is it I mean, me? Am I reading too much into this? But it seems like it's like co-opting that the because um, normally I wouldn't give a shit about this article. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I think because we're we're doing or one after just, another. That's it's why on it my brain that way. Yeah. OK. All right. I don't think that was intentional at all because it doesn't really it doesn't address anything like that at all. Oh, no, I know. Completely unrelated. All right. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's all about Trayvon, baby. <laughs> Everything. I'm gonna have sex later on tonight, and I'm gonna have her call me Trayvon. I think you should. <laughs> call me Trayvon, baby, and then at the end, right before <laughs> I'm done, just shoot <laughs> me. <laughs> That's a great get people plan. fucking killing me. All right, so um. Sorry. But, sorry. Yeah, where was I? Oh yeah, so it. It, it's it's the threat that's going to be uh, changing. And this is actually a threat that um, uh, Harry Reid has been bringing up for quite some time. And at its core, all it is, is revamping um, the filibuster. Because right now, both parties are, are using the filibuster, in my opinion, incorrectly. It's, okay. They're using the threat of the filibuster to halt progress on a bill, rather than actually filibustering or... Um, uh, just having a dialogue about the bill that's that's you know on the floor. We're living in a in a a political world right now where Republicans are, are abject, refusing to be an active participant. And um, and I'm saying this because this article is dealing with Republicans being the obstructionists because Democrats are the same way. But and even this threat that um, Harry Reid is bringing out of changing the filibuster is a way to, you know, sort of convince people and be an obstructionist toward Republicans. But they're stopping some really, really basic things from happening. And that is allowing the president to pick uh, people to fill cabinet positions that are not filled right now. It's yeah. so absurd. On one hand, they're saying that government isn't operating correctly and we need to change the way a government operates. <laughs> and then on the other hand, they're saying we're going to refuse to let the government operate by refusing yeah. to let people into the positions that need filling for government to operate. What the fuck? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense at all. No, but it doesn't. they've been doing this since Obama got into office. And, you know, this is another one of those where it's easy to say it's because of um, race and it's easy to say uh, that it's, it's because of ignorance. But this is the political party um, sort of uh, showdown that we've always had in this country. Oh, yeah. I do think it's heightened probably because of media attention and the amount of information available, and it's heightened by the amount of corporate dollars that are pushed into these uh, representatives 
legislation um, uh, bills, but it's 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 always the same thing. Yeah, going way back. So um, let's see. Nominees set to vote on Tuesday include Richard Cordray as director of the Consumer Financial Protections Bureau. Gina McCarthy, the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Thomas Perez as Labor Secretary, and three picks for the National Labor Relations Board. Now, obviously, each and every one of these has something to do with regulating corporations. And so if you're in the pocket of a corporation, to see that these uh, agencies that are potential regulating entities over your business um, get filled, well, then you're essentially allowing yourself to be shot like Trayvon Martin. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing that in all the time. All about Trayvon. Yeah. So, of course, they would not want people to fill these positions. It just makes perfect sense that you wouldn't want it. But it yeah. does prove that they don't want the government to operate as it's supposed to, meaning sometimes right. you're on top, sometimes you're on bottom. Sometimes you pass bills that make you look great, and sometimes you don't. Because it's not about serving the country. It's about you getting reelected and getting the biggest paycheck that you possibly can. And the only way to do that is to bow to your corporate masters. <laughs> Pay for your campaigns. They... Uh, they give you those special trips and those extra funding dollars to send your kids to college if you just vote their way in a particular bill or to sh threaten filibuster. So I guess my, my question to you about this, because the article doesn't address anything new, mm -hmm. it's more around the concept of, um, uh, I'm having a really hard time thinking, on filibusters <laughs> uh, in essence. So mm -hmm. right now, you can threaten a filibuster and... It will obviously just make a bill dead in the water unless you, you know, reevaluate the bill and, and put it back together in order. Does filibuster, the filibuster deserve a place in our Senate, in your opinion? Yes, I'm all for it. <laughs> I know that the, you know, the, the article says the, uh, the minority, accuse the minority of misusing the filibuster to produce gridlock, not change. But, you know, the filibuster has a place. And it's it's fun. It's theatrical. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think anyone who's willing to go to those extremes deserves, you know, some sort of attention. Uh, I think. But, you know, I think there's a larger uh, problem that needs to be addressed. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it has to do with like the two party system. I think, you know, there's a lot that's wrong in our government that needs addressing. Well, the filibuster on its face, if used like a filibuster, meaning you stand up and mm -hmm. you argue your point, mm -hmm. then I think that's fantastic. And you can actually overcome a filibuster if you use 67 votes. And so here at its core is the change that's being uh, suggested um, by Reed. And that's that we're going to change the rules of the filibuster. Excuse me. So you don't need 67 votes to stop it. You just need 51. Which is I love that. The deep. nuclear option. Yeah, they have to make it dramatic. I love it. So it's essentially saying, rather than right now, rather than a majority stopping a filibuster, it has to be a supermajority. <laughs> and they want to change it from that bullshit term supermajority to just a majority. Right. Do you think that there's a difference? Obviously, in, in getting the number of people to go along with you, there's a big difference. But do you think there's a difference between 67 votes or 51 vote, votes when they're both a minority to end a filibuster? Do you think one should be more important than the other? Well, one's super, and the other's not so super. So I think they should just change the name to super and not so super. Yeah. Not not all that super. I don't know. I don't think it matters. Do you think much. the majority should rule in the Senate? I guess is the the core of this. Oh yes. 
Because <laughs> if that's the case, then a 51 would be acceptable. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in our current political climate, that means that Republicans would have no way of stopping bills that they do not agree with because they are in they only have 46 seats. Oh, see, you're explaining so many things to me that I just did not know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I I personally I hate the idea of a supermajority, but when we have a, a Senate mm-hmm. uh, build like we do right now, where it's fifty four to forty six on the Democrat side, then the only way that Republicans have even the slightest chance oh, of putting yeah. their voice out there is if they maintain that supermajority um, uh, option. However, no one no one except for that that um, legislator in. Texas right. has actually used the the um, filibuster appropriately. They just threaten it. And yeah. on threat alone, rather than actually doing it, but on threat alone, they change and halt the progress of any bill, whether it's good or bad. And that I find absolutely infuriating. So I think that, you know what, Harry Reid should just shut up and <laughs> allow them, but then instead of caving to the threat, force them to actually perform the filibuster as they're supposed to, because then what that's going to do is let all of those Republicans that are filibustering, standing up there for hours on end without a break, arguing mm-hmm. their side, would have to make an argument about the reason they don't want that bill to, to come out. And that's something they're not doing right now. Oh, that's, and that's true. Yeah. That's informing that's really the public thing. and their, um, their constituents, because right now the majority of people in this country are ignorant to the way that not only the Senate works, but the way that their representatives are voting or not. And if you force them to filibuster, then you are educating them. And then they can make the correct decision for themselves on voting day, on who to put up in there. And that, I think, at its core would solve the problem. So if you're going to make any changes to this filibustering rule, don't do the nuclear option or the, don't, don't worry about the supermajority. Just force them to actually filibuster. And All that right. will do wonders for both political parties in the long run. I can agree with that. It won't happen, but. <laughs> so that's that's at its core. I do love that these two leaders in the Senate for each political side are essentially just cartoon characters. Yes. Like every single senator eventually just becomes a character of themselves. That's right. <laughs> Adopting some absurd facade. Like uh it's just it, it's infuriating. I um, hate politics. Really? I hate them. Nothing makes me want to stab myself in the eye more. Well, thank you for doing the infernal with me. <laughs> I'm happy to indulge. I appreciate you stabbing yourself in the <laughs> eye for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, hey, do you want to do hey. some down to the crossroads? Let's do it. Ah, there you will. Sure you won't stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See yourself. What are you doing out here? Oh, I'm, I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the, you're the devil. devil. But you're, you're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my god. Hi, welcome to Down to the Crossroads. What do you have for us today, Aaron? 
well, you know how I love a theme. Mm-hmm. And it was a tough one. It was, it was hard to come up with this theme, but this is basically a sort of crime and punishment episode of Down to the Crossroads. It's all about Trayvon! <laughs> I asked myself, what does this have to do with Trayvon? And then I came up with some songs. <laughs> nice. All right, what do we have at first? All right, did you got my playlist? I do. All right, so let's hit play, huh? How about that? This one's called My Crime Blues by this guy named Ed Bell. He's from Alabama, and uh, he has a couple pseudonyms. Barefoot Bill, Slewfoot Joe. At least we think these are all the same man. We can't be sure. His, his biographical details are kind of sketchy, but I, but I love the um, sort of driving guitar. Yeah, I think his voice. It's so good. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's the best, because I do that every time. <laughs> he's the best! I'll say it at least once this show, I guarantee it, but not, not this guy. <laughs> but he has a really interesting, uh, sort of weird style of guitar playing, if you listen for just a second. And singing, too. You know, there's not a whole, whole lot of chord ch- changes. They're sort of, um... It all sort of kind of mushes together, and he does a lot of, uh, he doesn't play all the notes in the chord when he's playing them. He sort of does a single string version of some of the chords sometimes, but, but it's, you know, he's a condemned man and he's accused of murder, but he never hurt anybody, so. <laughs> what? Yeah. That never happens in our country. Yeah. So when when was this done? Nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, can you believe it? Wow. So they were That's... killing black people back then too. <laughs> Since the dawn of time, Adam. <laughs> hmm. But this is. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does great. You know, he, he sort of plucks the strings and slaps them. He just kind of goes at his guitar, and it's really great. It's really subtle, too. Like, his voice is really taking over this entire performance. Yep. And, this, you know, Ed Bell. Who's ever heard of Ed Bell? Yeah. Not He's not very well known, but he's, you know, he's from Alabama. He's doing a little bit of uh, vocal play there. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's really unconventional style, and it's sort of almost controversial the way he, you know, the, the, he's been uh, analyzed since the, you know, 1929 is a long time ago. <laughs> at least 10 years ago. Something like that. I'm not good at math, but it's like 10 plus years. Yeah. Maybe 12. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. But this, you know, it's great. He had a couple aliases, and the, you know, uh, it's the whole reason that so many blues guys had different aliases were that, you know, when uh, whoever like discovered or found or first recorded the the artist would give them these different aliases so that um, other people wouldn't find him and steal their quote unquote oh. discoveries. Yeah. So they yeah. were sort of making them sort of hard to find and hard to pin down so that, you know, people could take the credit for it. And uh, what's great about this guy, um, he, he just, yeah, like I said, Barefoot Bill or Slewfoot. We don't know for sure that these are all the same people, but, uh, you know, enough blues historians have sort of uh, analyzed the songs and to 
come up with our best guess that these are all the same people. It's pretty cool. L- let me ask you a question. Okay. If you, I'm going to ask I'll... you to imagine. Oh, for I a like moment. this. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I like um, I want you to imagine yourself being a black man in 1929. Okay. <laughs> and this is easy for you, but for other yeah. people it may be hard. Um, <laughs> so you're a black man in 1929. You're seeing uh, your brothers and sisters, proverbial brothers and sisters, being hunted down, hung, uh, whipped, um, murdered, and being you know, put in jail for, for crimes that they had nothing to do with. Okay. Um, and this is the heritage of America. This is their entire experience uh, being an American. Mm-hmm. Years later, um, through generations, is it justified that uh, black men and women today are still um, claiming these injustices, even though they do still happen, mm. whether it's rare or not, mm-hmm. um, of, of being uh, convicted of crimes that they had nothing to do with committing and... Um, do you think it's fair to assign that 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 level of, of of distrust and aggression on everyone? Uh I don't think anyone's <laughs> all that innocent. You know, I don't I don't think that um I don't know, you know, it's <laughs> That's a sticky question. Because it's easy, and, and uh-huh. you know, obviously, this relates back to the Zimmerman issue, where you know, <laughs> you have a lot of black men and women saying well, he a- was a victim because he was <laughs> murdered at his very core, and <laughs> this has to do with race because he's a black man, which is <laughs> sort of an absurd thing to say, you know, no matter what. But still, oh, that, yeah. that's the that's the conversation being uh-huh. had, and based on historical reference, they would well. have just. No. You know, argument of saying it, whether it's true or not, is a different thing. I don't think there's some historical legacy that can be, you know, attributed to this. I think... You don't think men and women, black men and women have been uh, murdered because of their color? Oh, they may very well have. I, I'm not saying that that, that didn't happen. Uh, my point is that you can't... Uh, that has nothing to do with the world today. You know, that happened in okay, the past. Okay, so that was my original question, is that do you right. think because these injustices happened in the past, that they could still carry that out today? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think, you know, a, a lot of uh, cultures have, you know, look, look what we did to the Japanese. Look what we did to the Native Americans. Uh, I think the they, Native Americans had it worst, but... My, I do, too. And <laughs> the Jews, arguably, have had a really rough time. They've managed Not by to an bounce. American's hand, though. No, no, that's not my point. But we, they've managed to bounce back, you know. Have they? If the Jews, I think they're doing pretty good. I don't I know. Mean, stereotypically... <laughs> I would say yes, but they still bitch about it every single fucking day. Stereotypical. Well, that's their right. That's their right. Okay, so it's their right as Jews <laughs> but they don't they're act successful, like... but blacks can't because they're not successful? Well, whose fault is that? Are you going to ah, tell me that's yeah. my fault? So See? do you think that um, because we as America have celebrated the Jews, um, uh, and this is all stereotypical conversation. This is not, you know, this is just Speaking in generality. So, yeah. It's very general. Because we created... Um, uh, Israel, because America um, has supported Jews, because we've allowed them the opportunities that we have not allowed black men and women. That How it did is we not allow Jews. that? Slavery? We didn't invent slavery. No, <laughs> America no, didn't right. invent we didn't. slavery. But we, we continued doing it uh, long after 
um, it was even illegal. And yeah. we continue to force um, really negative me, stereotypes on black people. Let me turn the question around to you. Do you think if, if the blacks were the majority, uh, do you think they'd hesitate? You know, if the roles were reversed and it was the black people that had, do you think they would have not enslaved the white people? You think it's something inherently in white people that makes us awful and evil and enslave black people just because they're black? No, but I, I think that's a different. That's the wrong way of looking at it because it's not. It's not because they're black that we enslaved. I mean, that is actually. It's because we case. could. It's because right? they were the minority and and the uh, the the economically um, uh, mediocre people that we could actually buy them and force them to do what we told them to do. It wasn't because, you know, it, it would have been the same if, if their, if their uh, economic state at the time was, um, and we'll just go back to the Jews for that, because the Jews did suffer that same situation uh, mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. So it's, I, I don't think it's because they're black or we're white, that's the mm -hmm. reason. I think that's a red herring. I think it's just that they were a people that were allowed to sell each other off, and we were happy to buy them and force them to work uh, under horrible conditions. Okay, that's that's my sort of conversation. What so we... that's when I, I look at it. I'm saying, well, if you take out the fact that they're black and we're white, because mm -hmm. I don't think genetically, there. <laughs> my opinion. I know right. there's huge arguments about this. I don't right. think genetically there's that big of a fucking difference. Sure. I think um, evolutionarily, I mean... we all came from Africa. So, you know, those that stayed there um, have that effect and those who left had whatever effect their environment allowed. Um, but, yeah. But, you know, that that's sort of where we are. So if, if it's OK to say, well, for the Jews, we're going to back you 100 percent for the blacks. Hey, stop bitching when when they haven't had the same. Uh, we never took the blacks from slavery and placed them in their own nation. And said, we tried that, free. didn't we? Be, you know, I mean, it's never happened. So we can't we can't compare the two as if one it was okay. Yeah, maybe that's unfair of me. But what do what do what do we do then? I mean, who is it? Our fault is that are we supposed to take responsibility for the fact that uh, you know? And well, no, but I also don't think that. You know, if they're going to bitch about it because that's their cultural heritage, that's fine. Like, let them bitch about it. I don't care. I don't think it's unjust that they're bitching about it. That's, okay. just, that's, the, yeah. that's the social conversation that they've always had. And so right. let them continue having it. As long as they're working toward bettering themselves at the exactly, same time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I don't believe it is. It doesn't seem yeah. like it. You know, yeah. it, culturally, you know, there there are huge differences, generally speaking, between yeah. white culture and black culture, there just are. I mean, yeah, if anyone who argues that is insane. Yeah, um, and, and actually this this entire segment is based <laughs> around the idea that there's a culture difference because that's where the blues came from and that's right. why we're celebrating it. So it's easy to listen to us sort of whatever we're doing here, ranting and raving. Um, but we actually really, really love this yeah. culture that <laughs> they had and whether it came out of pain that's not the. That's not what's the issue here. It's it's the celebration of. It's their what they voice did with it. You know, it's actions. what they. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these people, and to be fair, you know, of course there are innocent people in jail everywhere, white and black, I imagine. Yeah. But um, you know, like the next couple people I'm going to talk about, uh, this next guy, uh, Hambo Willie Newborn. Hambo Willie. <laughs> he uh, 
was guilty of crime. You know, he hurt people. And, you know, the, the other person I'm going to talk about, too, was in jail when he was discovered. You know, these mm -hmm. they aren't all innocent people. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. I hope that wasn't something. That no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't take that away. But cool. Yeah. And actually, before we listen to this Hambone, I was first introduced to Hambone <laughs> in college. Not oh, yeah? this guy, but what oh. Hambone is. Tell um, me, tell me. It was my, audience. <laughs> it was my, yeah, because they, they're so interested. <laughs> my, uh, I was taking a um, writing course and it was uh, screenplays, and he, the instructor said that if you know we all performed well enough on our um, on our screenplays, you know, as far as grades go, that he <laughs> would show us the ham bone. And he, you know, we all did well enough, and he got out there, and he just went <laughs> fucking crazy, playing yeah. his hand. Like, he was going nuts, like, slapping his hands all over, oh, making yeah. his music and tunes. It was like five minutes. I, I was, my jaw was on the floor. I'd never heard this. i never experienced this. He was a white dude, but it was oh, wow. awesome. I'll forgive yeah. him his whiteness, because <laughs> he, he played the hand bone badass. Yeah, it's like a Haitian thing, is it not? I really don't know, to be honest. I think it was I Haitian. Cool. A lot of stomping and slapping. and. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, pretty great. Yeah, hooping and hollering, and it's fucking yeah. badass. Yep. All right, let's hear this. Yeah, let's play that. This one's called um, Shelby County Workhouse Blues. So you can imagine Shelby County Workhouse is the prison. Mm -hmm. It's not a prison, it's a workhouse. Well, right, sorry. <laughs> Where people go when they commit crimes. <laughs> so, you know, American guitar player... He's from Tennessee. Mm. Oh, I dig this. Yeah, he's this pretty great. This is also, you know, he was performing. Let's see, he was born in 1899. Yeah, and he died in 1947. So he was big in the 20s and 30s, and he recorded one of the earliest versions of the old the uh, Rollin' and Tumblin', which is pretty. Uh, pretty standard blues song. He recorded that in 1929. He has a great song called Hambone Willie's Dreamy-Eyed Women's Blues. It's like such a great title for a song. I love how these, these towns that they come from, <laughs> they, it, it doesn't mean the actual town anymore. It, it, mm -hmm. it means the, the feelings that they had while they were there. It becomes more of an emotional experience reference rather than an actual place. Yeah, definitely. I want to go back to where I was happy and where things were yeah. more simple and peaceful. Absolutely. It doesn't swing this damn hammer all day. <laughs> yeah, the, the first guy I talked about, Ed Bell, he, um, there's a, now a festival in his honor, but it's called the Sweet Gum Bottom Blues Festival. Because he was from Sweet Gum Bottom, like, the area where he was from was Sweet Gum Bottom, which is fucking great. I want to name my kid that. Sounds like a Disney locale. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Gum Bottom. Love it. All the animals talk. Yeah, of course. Sweet Gum Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy's voice. Yeah, he goes low. <laughs> when I was camping, I, I turned on some uh, blues, uh, mostly Buddy Guy, and uh, the guys around me were just like, "What are you? What is this? What are you listening to? What? Are you, I don't understand this at all." And they turned on like top. 40 hits oh, of modern boy. day. I was just like, who the fuck are you? I don't even know you. There's <laughs> nothing better than sitting and staring at a campfire listening to blues. Oh, God, like, that'd be so great. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. 
I even had a Pabst Blue Ribbon in my hand. It was amazing. What could be more American? <laughs> more white. <laughs> so he started playing around Tennessee, Brownville, Brownsville, Tennessee, with like where uh, Yank Racial was from. I talked about him. He was a great mandolin player. And Sleepy John Estes, they were all from the same area around the same time and stuff. So good old hand bone. Mm. That was cool. Yeah, I like that. You know, it was really subtle. I, I did a lot of research for this week's show, and you know, I, there was one song that I this last song I'm gonna play that I was like, oh, I gotta play that. That's you know, a, duh. And then, <laughs> but the other couple I had to do some research, and I was really, you know, I found so many good. I mean, I could do literally ten shows at least, ten more shows on this same subject, and and fill them all, but. uh yeah, I found some really cool stuff. These these first two I played were kind of new to me and uh, hopefully new to the listeners out there. But this third song that I'm going to end with is one of the, one of my all-time favorite songs. And let's go ahead and, yeah, yeah, let's hit play. Huh? This is Book of White, and he is... That's great. Oh, you're going to fucking love this. <laughs> Give me light this morning down on He's awesome. Oh, he's one of the best. He's a... There it is. The best. Yeah, he's one of the best. I mean, he really is, though. I mean, there's no arguing about that. Book of White, he was... His, you know, his real name is Booker T. Washington White. And he was born in Aberdeen, Mississippi on a... In 1906, and he's just a phenomenal guitar player, and he's you know plays great slide. Oh, what's really you know a fun tidbit? This song, um, you hear that sort of chugging along. That's somebody playing the washboard, which is awesome. <laughs> but it's a guy named yeah, his name's Robert Brown, uh, A.K.A. Uh, washboard Sam, whose birthday it is on today. If you're listening to this on Monday the 15th, it's uh, Washboard Sam's birthday. So. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Washboard. But this is just great. He, you know. So Parchment Farm is like a the name for the Mississippi State Penitentiary, I guess. And yeah, Booker White was arrested for shooting a guy in a barroom brawl. So he went to prison. They sent him up to Parchment Farm, and he wrote this song. He while he was there, Alan Lomax or John Lomax rather, Alan Lomax's dad found him. You know, John Lomax was the guy that recorded Lead Belly, discovered Lead Belly, and recorded him while he was, you know, got him out of prison, really. And, um, yeah, so Lomax recorded a bunch of Book of White songs for the Library, Library of Congress. And then he also, you know, it's weird to think that, you know, while he was in jail, Book of White was recording songs and selling them commercially. It's like, you know... Uh, yeah, that is surprising, actually. Like, back yeah. then. You know, if he had a stand your ground law in his state, he would have been okay. <laughs> he might have been. Yeah, he never would have gone to jail. Right. Except that he's black, so who knows. Fuck, the black card does trump the stand your ground card. Probably. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. OJ did get out. Yeah, he did. He got off. That was white guilt. Maybe we can carry it on back a little bit. <laughs> In our hypothetical. Yeah. Got it. He's great, man. Yeah, Book Away. He's one of one of the best. He really is. Oh yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. That's great. Yeah. 
I forgot to, you know, I forgot to mention the last guy we were talking about, Hambo, and he was—he actually um, was beaten to death in prison. Whoa! Uh, yeah, that's how he died. So that was kind of neat. <laughs> that's damn. Yeah. Not cool. So these are my prison songs. Good old. I think we talked about. Um, we've talked before. I don't. I mean, that may have been the episode that I didn't actually record when we were talking. <laughs> about. But we talked about that artists either. who actually have, you know, ability getting out of prison. Right. And, not having to suffer. Uh, maybe maybe that would have been nice back then, too. Yeah, We could maybe. potentially have some really great blues, you know, more really great blues to uh, fall back on in that case. Maybe, yeah. Great. Well, that was awesome. Thank you very much for bringing us a little bit of uh, crime and punishment. You know, I'm happy Mostly. to do it. <laughs> Mostly punishment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have uh, any last words for the audience for this episode? I love you guys. Pandering. <laughs> I don't love any of you. I, I respect you, all. you. Ah, That's one up and Yeah, you all right, folks, we're, uh, you're going to have to sit here for a little bit longer, my dear. But that's going to do it for another show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I'd love to hear from you guys. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Oh, have you seen, Erin, have you seen the latest iTunes um, comment about nine cents. No, See, I never hear anything about it. Ass fucking diatribes I do on the out <laughs> of every, the end of every show they actually pay yeah, off because they're working. One, yeah, cool. I got a couple really great, really great ones. Uh, what they I, say I about the honesty me. to the great, but they <laughs> said that they loved your segment. Oh. You should go to, go to uh, open up iTunes if you have it on your computer. I sure will. Yeah, and search nine cents, and you'll see you know sort it by the most recent. Mm-hmm. And you will see the, the, the most recent comment. And I have to say thank you to that gentleman who posted it. I'm not going to call it any names, but I appreciate it. And everyone else out there, get your tuckuses to either iTunes and give me a review or go to the website, 9centspodcast.com, and give me a review there. There's multiple places you can leave comments. I actually do have a testimonial page that you can enter in your own testimonial and see everyone else's testimonial. So add to it. Let's spread the word here about 9 cents. Uh, I would really appreciate it. I know if you want to see more great or listen to more great blues from Aaron and the other contributors to Nine Cents, that is how we're going to keep doing it, by you spreading the word. Yeah. So visit us on Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and MySpace. And actually, I think MySpace might be making a comeback in a certain little genre. Cool. After they, like, (laughs) rebranded it and everything. It's nothing like it used to be. I haven't I been don't there in a while. It at all, but I do <laughs> update like the podcast show notes there. So if you're on MySpace, you know, let us know what you think about it. L- let me know if I should even bother. Or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can come, go to those different places and get updated on weekly topics. And come find me at Down to the Crossroads on Facebook because no, I never hear any nice things about my show. Here's and that's that's amazing <laughs> to me that you have a huge audience that always loves to hear like uh, the different things you post. But you don't hear any like firsthand comments about your show, which maybe they hate me, but like the music I play, they're like, "Can you that shut actually that?" Explains everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> it too. The... Shove that racist lady up and just play some songs. Oh, you know what? This <laughs> this episode is going to cement that statement. 
no doubt. Download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Look for us there. You can subscribe to 9cents via iTunes by searching 9cents, and don't forget to leave a rating or comment. We just talked about it. And here's the big thing, guys. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. The only way this podcast is going to live has nothing to do with the previous statement. Just saying it in a row so it sounds like it's connected, but it's not. Is if you tell a friend, share nine cents with your friends, enemies, hell your grandmother. Let's grow this ship together. Growing and ship doesn't make much sense. Let's build this ship together. <laughs> Help spread the word, people. Uh, once again, thank you for joining me and. Hey, me, Aaron, down the crossroads. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and yeah, you can check out Chelsea Girl 19 That's on it. Twitter. That's and you can lot. check out the Tumblr page for Down at the Crossroads and the Facebook page for Down at the Crossroads and see. All of the amazing stuff that doesn't make it into each of these monthly segments. And there is a lot of it. There's some really, really great imagery, articles, and music that she features on those social network sites that you need to go check out. Uh, Help build her audience so that uh, it will dwarf mine even more. (laughs) (laughs) And until next week for me and next month for Aaron, hail Satan. Hail Satan.